This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look at fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome in to a Hunker Down Monday edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Joining me as a special guest, he's killing it on the same network, uh, showing some SEC East love. That guy in question is Matthew Perkins from the Believe in Vandy podcast. Um, you could also find him. He made a guest spot on the Believe in Rugby podcast, too, so I bet you didn't know that fun fact about Matt Perkins. But uh, he joins me. Matt, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, Coach. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to be back with you for the first time in a, in, in a couple months, actually. We ha- we haven't done anything together in a while. It feels like, uh, you know, uh, it feels like old times. Yeah, it feels like ages since I uh, since I debuted on your show. Um, I, uh, I came on as a guest on Believe in Vanderbilt football, and then here we, here we are. Now I'm now I'm having you as a guest on my show, so um, this is great, man. Uh, great to see you. Uh, but some big announcement uh, came on Friday with the SEC. They came down. Uh, they didn't they didn't give the schedule as far as dates go, but everyone has their um, cross divisional opponents, the, and uh, they announced yeah the, the the two new ones for each the two new ones. Yes, uh, so they they're adding to the existing ones. So for example, Georgia uh, has permanent crossover uh, opponent with Auburn and uh, they already had scheduled with Alabama so Georgia added Mississippi State and Arkansas and Matt Vandy added Ole Miss and Texas eight no Texas L- no, no we, we got we got LSU and we got LSU Mississippi and Mississippi State. State yes that's right um, I was reading this graph wrong I have, I have this really fancy graph in front of me with everyone's opponents and it says scheduled and added so I had the uh, fancy grid in front of me, and I wasn't sure what the heck I was reading because it's just, you know, I'm, I'm enamored by all the pictures. But so Georgia picked up Mississippi State and Arkansas. I felt like we won the draw there. Um, oh, you guys absolutely won the draw. That was that was my biggest takeaway. Everyone's talking about 
say, oh, Mizzou lost the draft. Mizzou lost the draft. Well, yeah, Mizzou got Alabama and LSU. So, you know, that's never fun. But the biggest winner here has got to be Georgia because they get the two easiest opponents from the West. And when you look at the fact that Florida, Florida also gets Arkansas. Arkansas obviously is the dregs of the West this mm-hmm. year, but they also get Texas A&M. And now everyone I talk to is way higher on Texas A&M than I am. I think I am th- from everything I'm here. I talked to a bunch of sec guys and everyone seems to like Florida and Texas A&M this year. And I am way down on both of those. Teams. Yeah. I mean, I don't so, see where all the draw with Kyle Trask is. I don't, you know, I, I, no God, no. And like, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the numbers he put up last year, what was it? 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions, but all of those were against all of the big numbers were against cupcakes. When it came to playing Georgia, when it came to playing the big boys in the sec, he shrank from the competition. Mm -hmm. He was dreadful against Georgia. I mean, they were in his face all day long and he was just, he was not impactful at all. He made zero difference in games that meant something. So I think Florida, yes, they did luck out and get it, get an easier draw because I think, on paper, though, yeah, you're right. On paper, Texas A&M is a very tough draw, but I just I think they lack the punch, and I think they've lacked the punch really since they've been in the conference, uh, except for maybe that one year in 2012 when Johnny Manziel went off and won the Heisman. So um, I thought Alabama got a great draw with Kentucky and Missouri. Um, I thought LSU mm-hmm. got a great draw with uh, Missouri and Vanderbilt. Sorry, Matt. Um, and okay. I, uh, I think – you know, Mississippi State, I think they got, you know, they, they got their work cut out for they, them. They, they get half. Mississippi State gets half and half. They get Vandy and they get Georgia. Yep. Now, they have to travel to Athens to play Georgia, yep. um, but they get Vandy at home, which should be, which you would think would be a win for them. But we will see, obviously, um, with a new coach in the Pirate Mike Leach, you never know exactly what possibly could happen. I think Tennessee – Tennessee's draw is tough. I think Auburn, Auburn is always going to be a, t- a tough team for Tennessee just because uh, I don't think their style matches up terribly well no. against and Auburn. And Bo Nix is an improving and, quarterback, I think, and he'll he'll be good as a sophomore. Um, but also Tennessee already had Arkansas scheduled uh, on uh, as, as their rotational game, so I think they, you know, they got two. They got a really easy one. They got a decently easy one, and then they got always Alabama, and then they drew they drew Auburn. So they're they're exactly split with their schedule and added games. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And did anyone else stand out for you here? I mean, I see. I think South Carolina, all things considered, did pretty well for themselves, getting Auburn and Ole Miss. I think that the trip to Ole Miss is. I mean, I still think that Ole Miss will be favored in that game, but that is going to be one of the few games that is winnable for South Carolina this year. And, you know, to get Auburn at home, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to have one of those upper tier West teams, you'd rather obviously get them at home. So I think for South Carolina, they they did about as well as they could have hoped for. Here's an interesting game um, for Auburn. I think South Carolina on the road. Um, depending on when that game falls on the schedule, date wise, South Carolina is a is a tough place to play early in the year because it gets so dang hot there, and it doesn't feel like there's any reprieve. and And they sit the visitors out in the uh, out in the sun, and it just for some reason just seems like it's hell's waiting room there. But um, also, what stood out to me was uh, 
you know, interestingly enough, is A and M getting Florida and Tennessee? I think, I think Florida's a talented team, but they always uh, they've been underachieving. Uh, I guess for for their standards, and uh, Tennessee is, you know, I hate to say it for for all your listeners, Matt, but Tennessee is is a team that's on the rise. I think they they're they're doing some good things, at least in recruiting, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt. So they they get an interesting. Um, they get an interesting home game against A&M, so we'll kind of see two programs that are looked at with a lot of respect, but one is going up and one is trending down. Um, Ole Miss, I thought, stood out. They got a they got an interesting draw. I think South Carolina is going to be they're, – they're kind of a weird team because nobody really knows what they've got, um, and, and they're, you know, they're kind of sitting there in the weeds with, you know, nobody knowing anything about them. So anybody that drew South Carolina, is, you're, you're sitting there wondering, okay, well, what have we got? It could be a potentially pesky game. It could be a easy rolled victory type game because Will Muschamp is on the hot seat. We just don't know because they made so many changes in the offseason. So, um, you know, the, the biggest takeaway is Georgia and Alabama get got by far the best draws and then everybody else just kind of fell fell in line after that so out of these games that were announced which is i guess 28 games total new games announced which one do you think is going to be the best matchup because i have one that uh that, that i think sort of stands out as will be the actual best game out of all these ones that were added Ooh, see that's that's a that's a tough one um i mean i think the tennessee auburn game is going to be really good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's uh, a good one i I think of the added games, I think Florida A&M is yeah, going to be a Yeah, Florida A&M good is game. the one that sticks out to me, too. Florida at A&M. I think that is going to be, especially if it's early in the season and we see these teams, mm-hmm. both these teams will be ranked you know, pretty mm-hmm. high, top 15 teams probably going into the season, even if I think that they shouldn't be. I think that this is uh that could be a game that really vaults one of those two teams into being uh talked about in the national championship you know consideration at least um outside of you know the of the three big time ones at the top georgia lsu and alabama i think the winner of that texas a&m florida game if it's an early game in the season has a chance to sort of vault themselves up into being in that same talked about in the same echelon yeah, and I think I think a game that really intrigues me is Mississippi State Vanderbilt. Uh, I think it's a uh, it's a road it's a it's a road game for Vandy, um, home game for for Mississippi State. And I think especially if it happens early on, you're going to kind of you're going to kind of see what the Pirate brings and is going to be able to bring to this conference. I think it's going to give you an idea of how Todd Fitch's offense is going to play at at Vanderbilt. I think it'd be a good test. Um, to see kind of where they are. If it's late in the season, it may lose its luster because both of those teams could be dreadful at that point. Um, we just don't know. But I think talking about what we've been talking about with Vanderbilt, uh, Matt, the, w- with you and I, uh, in the first two episodes with Ted Roof and and Todd Fitch, I think they bring some very interesting schemes and they're going to have to get creative. There's a lot of new faces in the Vanderbilt program. And so you're going to kind of see – who emerges, who emerges at the quarterback position um, more so than anything, who emerges on defense, who's going to be the playmakers. That's something that we can get into when we do season previews, Matt. But um, that's a game that intrigues me uh, because Vanderbilt wins that game. They might get some momentum and play through their schedule if it's early and, and play through their schedule with a lot of confidence. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing that Vanderbilt has both the Mississippi teams on their schedule this year because, you know, 
playing those teams with both of them having new head coaches this season, installing, well, very different systems moving from uh, obviously moving to Mike Leach, but also even in bringing in the Kiff for Ole Miss, there are going to be some adaptation to it. And if you can get them early enough in the season, yes, Vanderbilt has two new coordinators, but the defense brings back almost, you know, all of the contributors from last season. So I would feel better. I feel better about Vanderbilt's defense, especially because, you know, coach, you and I have talked about Ted roof and his ability Mm -hmm. to mold his defensive schemes around the talent that he has. And I think there are a couple guys on Vanderbilt's defense, Andre Mintz to be, uh, you know, as one of those guys at the linebacker position that we can really see uh, step up and potentially have a Zach Cunningham like impact. And I, I, I'm feeling better and better about this Vanderbilt defense as the season nears, but uh, worse and worse about the offense. It sounds like true freshman Ken Seals is uh, someone who's been really popping in practice early on. And as fun as that might be, he threw for 6,500 yards and like 50 touchdowns his last two seasons in high school. But again, like I do worry about a true freshman like that playing against an SEC schedule. I would feel much more comfortable with a guy like Danny Clark, who has reps under his belt from his time at Kentucky. He's been a Juco guy and shameless plug. If you go back and listen to our latest episode of believe in Vandy, we had Jordan Rogers on who was also a Juco guy. And he talked about that transition and how as a Juco guy, at least you have some sort of experience leading guys of that age um, and beyond high school. Any experience you get beyond high school is going to be beneficial for you. And when you're trying to lead a team, whether it's a new team or an old team, and he breaks that down really well. And that is why I personally feel like either Jeremy Musa or Danny Clark would probably be a better choice for the Commodores, at least to begin the season. Yeah, I mean, all great choices. I think it's you know it's just something that's going to have to kind of play out via competition and and really just who's the best at, at reading. Well, who can the and also and who can who, who can, who can adapt to Fitch's scheme? Who's going to understand yeah. that playbook fastest, right? Yeah, and I think absolutely. And I think and, and it seems like Seals is right now from what you're telling. Yeah, me. because well, because Seals played. You know, he he comes from Fort Worth, playing those wide in those wide open. You know, Texas like five A, six A, seven A. You know, high school games where they're they're just going four wides all time in the shotgun mm-hmm. and. I think that that could, you know, that is an advantage for him in terms of it looks most like what we saw Fitch's offense look like at Louisiana Tech. But Mm -hmm. I'm also not sure, though, if his body is physically ready for it because he's a, you know, he's a tough kid, but he's a he's a he's a little skinny right now. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, that's that's the biggest concern right there is you lo- you lose all this weight room time and you lose all that time with the strength and conditioning coordinator where they would have reported, you know, he probably would have rep- reported early early June or did he early enroll? Uh no, he did not. He did not. Okay, so he probably would have he probably would have came right after Memorial Day and that got delayed and pushed back and then the stuff that they could do got delayed and pushed back, so I I don't think he got the full experience, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, um, but I, I think it'll be very something very interesting to look at as we go. Um, have they had any scrimmages yet, or th- is it just practice? Just practice so far. Um, you know, when when it comes to the quarterback battle, I you know obviously I don't have a dog in the race per se. I want to have the best player win, but I I feel really good about Danny Clark. 
Um, he he's the one guy that I feel like I would feel the most comfortable with at least going into week one with his combination of SEC experience and the fact that he's a bigger guy. He's 6'4", 235, 240. And let's face it, Vandy's O-line is not the strength of this team this year. And they are going to need a quarterback who can take some hits and who can also move. And I think he can do both of those things pretty darn well. So I would just feel most comfortable with someone like him because, like I said, if that offensive line is, they have to adapt to Fitch's scheme too. And with they graduated a couple guys, and so they're going to have to work on improved communication and understanding new verbiage and having different, you know, pickup assignments when it comes to working with the backs and things like that. That would that's the thing that would worry me the most. And so I want a guy who has those reps under his belt at Kentucky, at a JUCO, or even with Musa. I mean, he was at Hawaii before he went to JUCO, and he played a fair bit his freshman year. And, you know, both of those guys, I feel like could, you know, will at least won't be completely overwhelmed when, you know, if it's week one and LSU is in town, neither of those guys are going to be just, you know, bleeping their pants while uh, Jacoby Stevens comes on a delayed safety blitz. Right. Yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen early uh, in the schedule. I hope that they get some games under their belt. But, you know, what, Matt, you know what other game intrigues me the most? It was already scheduled. It wasn't an added opponent, but this is going to be uh, a possible if they keep the schedules intact, which I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do as far as dates go. But this would be the season opener, uh, Georgia versus Alabama. So Ooh. talk about talk about out of the gates. Yeah, but you know um, what? Honestly, if I'm both those teams, I'd rather have that game first week so you have enough of the season to rebound and make yes. it back to yes. the being the playoff picture. Because it, the, if, if yes. that if that game is you know the second or third weekend in November, then well, that's going to be a problem because you know a it's going to be right before the SEC title game, and even if uh, you know let's say let, let's just say is that game. It is at Alabama. It's in, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's Alabama. in Tuscaloosa. So let's just say Georgia mm-hmm. loses for the sake of, for argument's sake, even if they're equal on paper, we'll take the home field advantage of Bryant-Denny Stadium. And then, well, then Georgia has one, you know, then Georgia has one loss and they're going to be a little bit more beat up going into the SEC title game, assuming they make it there again as well. And if so if I'm Georgia and or if I'm Alabama, either way, I want that game out of the way early because it's a it'll be a really good test. It'll be a really, really good test, you know, out of the gate, but it'll also uh, be give you guys enough time to bounce back, not just in uh, not just physically, but also in the polls. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm you know, I hope that game stays as, a, as an opener because, my gosh, that would be an exciting opener on September 26th. But that's I mean, that, that kind of counts as an, as an advantage right now also because uh, there's no other games prior. So um, there's not really going to be any film on Georgia's new quarterback and new, new offensive system. Uh, they're going to have an extra three weeks to kind of get the kinks out at a slower pace so that everybody learns. Uh, the only disadvantage, obviously, is they don't get game reps, but they could do an inter-squad scrimmage against the second unit and get a, get a really good, uh, get probably a better look than they would against East Tennessee State. So um, I, I think there's a lot of advantages to opening up. And I think uh, with Georgia's quarterback race and things that are happening with the offense, I think this is beneficial because Alabama's going through something similar with Mac Jones, even though he started a couple of games, we don't know 
what he's what he would be like as the full time starter because you come in with Tua Tonga Valoa injured. There's no pressure on you really. I mean, there's always pressure at Alabama, but there's not that pressure of carrying a team for the duration of a full season. So we're going to see what Mac Jones can do in that regard um, for Alabama. They have to replace Rugs. They have to replace Judy. Um, Devontae Smith, he's a great talent, but he's not Judy. Um, they have Najee Harris to run the ball, uh, which is good. So they have some stuff. They have some question marks um, offensively of some guys that are talented but unproven much like Georgia. They're very very similarly built teams, um, although I think Georgia was uh, described as going to be terrifyingly good um, on defense. I think they were rated preseason number one um, defense. They, they averaged, I think, 12.6 points per game last year, something like that. Didn't allow a rushing touchdown until the Auburn game. So uh, it'll be an interesting clash of the Titans. Game of the century type deal is, is probably what it's going to be billed. So... Uh, Matt, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm just excited for it whenever it happens. I mean, like I said, I would like, I hope it is early. I hope it's the season opener. I would love it to be the season opener. If we're going to have a weird and wacky college football season, which it looks like we're going to have anyway, you know, might as well start it off with a bang. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, that game is going to be, you know, I'm excited for it. And I hope they, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating. I anticipated they were going to uh, take the next two rotational opponents, I think, is they did something along those lines. They didn't do it, like, per- perfectly as your next two rotational opponents. I think they had they did some tweaking. But I think it, if, if, I'm, if I'm going, uh, if I'm guessing right, hopefully I am, uh, just for the sake of being right, um, they're going to take all the, the bye weeks and the non – the non-conference games and they're going to kind of jumble those things around and just start inserting games. And I think they might start, I think they might stretch after week one, they might stretch the schedule out. Yeah. I mean, um, I know that I know the big 10 is doing uh, all the teams. I think have three, basically three buys Mm -hmm. during the season this year, which is smart, but but they're also starting earlier than the sec. The sec is going to start to late September. looks like the big 10 is going to start like second weekend in September. So, so what do you think of the SEC starting later? We haven't talked about that. I'm okay with it, honestly. Um, I think that the later you start, the less COVID liability that you have. So, yeah, um, I, I think you have also a chance to to build your plan. Yeah, you have you have better chance to build your plan, and honestly, we'll get better. We'll see better football. We'll see better mm-hmm. football because there will there will be more time for more practices, and there will be time mm-hmm. for more scrimmages. And there will be time to have all these teams. I mean, so many teams, the SEC have, if not new head coaches, new coordinators and Mm -hmm. just the adjustment period with no one having any real sort of sense of spring ball. They're going to need an extended fall camp to get up to speed. And I think that it is, you know, obviously the teams that have the continuity on the coaching staff are going to have an advantage anyway. That's why we expect a team like Georgia who has, you know, they didn't turn over too much of their coaching staff in this Mm -hmm. season. Whereas you look at a team like Vanderbilt and they got two new coordinators, a bunch of new position coaches and things like that. It's going to be a lot more difficult, not only because, well, let's face it, they're Vanderbilt, but on top of that, they have to acclimatize to a new way of talking about football 
right? When you, mm-hmm. you when you completely change your verbiage, like yes, everyone knows, like you know, it, it it doesn't take forever to switch over and understand that, but just the fact that you have to learn a new playbook, have to learn new route concepts if you're a receiver or blocking schemes or on the defensive side of the ball, you know, uh, different you know, different assignments, uh, depending on where you are lined up and things like that. Even if you're lined up in the same base three, four defense you were last year as an inside linebacker, you might have a completely different assignment. So just understanding where you are supposed to be, you need those reps with practice and with scrimmages and things like that. And we're hopefully with sec football starting so much later this year, we will actually at least have some semblance of what looks like the sec football that we have come to know and love and be used to exactly i mean you hit the nail right on the head it just gives people time to adjust it gives it gives athletic departments time to get their protocols down and and in Um, it gives coordinators time to to teach all their new stuff georgia offensively is going to have to learn it vanderbilt defensively and offensively south carolina offensively um, and I can't think of the other ones. Well, the Mississippi off, off schools, you know, the Mississippi schools, uh, Arkansas, you know, Arkansas has got a whole new staff, a whole new culture. Mm-hmm. Mississippi, uh, both the Mississippi schools got a whole new staff. I think whole Texas new A&M culture. has at least one new coordinator. Uh, yeah. They, and then, and then, you know, you just, you just add a, a whole bunch of, of variables. Georgia's got to find a kicking game at some point because they lose hot rod. Uh, I think the punter who was inconsistent at best is going to move over and do place kicking too. And I don't know. I, I think that's, that's at least what I've heard yeah. um, with Jake Camarda. You know, you have Scott Cochran. You got to see if he's an actual on-field coach or if he's just a, if he's just a hype man that, that uh, needs an on-field position. We, we don't know. He, what can, he, at least, he can at least be the get back coach, right? He he can he can do that and he can fire you up. Okay, that's, I mean that's that's the two things we know for sure. Well, then in, in in that case, then that's that's enough as far as I'm concerned to have him on the field if I if I'm the staff. So um, yeah, and he he's got some good special teams analysts around him that are going to help him scheme wise, um, stat wise, mm-hmm. you know things like that that you need for for special. Teams. Well, I mean, if but, if you're special teams coach, then like. Like part of it, it, a lot of what you do is firing those guys up to go and hit someone in the mm-hmm. mouth when they're yeah. when they're in their kick coverage. So yeah, um, I mean, coverage schemes aren't they're not drastically different across the board. No. I mean, and I mean, it, like the, I mean, the biggest thing obviously with Hot Rod, I mean, it was touchbacks seventy five percent of the time, so you didn't really have to mm-hmm. worry about it all that much. Now this year, you probably will a little bit. Yeah. Well, listen, Coach, thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for so much for coming on, man. I, I, I appreciate your, appreciate your time guys. Uh, listeners make sure you check out believe in Vanderbilt football. Uh, Matt and Zach Stacy uh, do a tremendous job over there. They just had the bachelor on uh, Jordan Rogers uh, for all you uh, non-football fans. But so I found out Vanderbilt I was actually legend. a little bit wrong that he won the bachelorette. He was not the bachelor himself. He was the winner of the bachelorette uh, is how see, it works. Is, is is that bad that we got that wrong, Matt? I, I, apparently, apparently it's a big deal that that I got that wrong. It, it, on my Instagram it is story. a big deal. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> you know, lesson learned. Good job. Yeah. See, I, you know, I have you here to, to to back me up. So, no, they had Vanderbilt uh, quarterback, former Vanderbilt quarterback Jordan Rogers and Kyle um, Shermer. We, had, we had, last week last, last Shermer, week was QB week, week for us. Uh, we yeah. we got a couple a couple big guests coming down the pipeline soon. Can't can't reveal them mm-hmm. yet, but uh, right. Uh, a couple more very notable Vandy alums going to be joining Zach and myself to talk about nice. their experiences as well as uh, the team this year. We're bringing in an alumnus uh, from whatever position group we're going over to talk 
those positions for all of our position previews. So uh, yeah. we, we got a we, we got a we got a really uh, a really fun receiver coming down the pipeline. So I hope you guys will stay nice. tuned for that. Nice. And uh, for for all you believe in Georgia Dogs fans, uh, working on a few few big guests as well. So um, just uh, just stay tuned for that. Catch up on the other shows. I've gotten kind of creative as far as content goes. The the episode called California Love was a really fun one to do. It was kind of off off center as far as SEC football goes, but it was a uh, it was a really fun show with Ryan Dyrude. Um and then we caught up with Richard Samuel, Matt. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, that was a fun episode. Oh, I listened to that one. That was a really good one. So, so, but yeah, check out his show, Believe in Vandy, Matt, um, at Believe in Vandy on Twitter and Instagram and, inst- and Instagram. Okay, yep. good. Find him, see him, download our show, mm-hmm. subscribe to our show, and then jump over and subscribe to his show. Check because- out our YouTube page too. We got some video exclusives with our interview with Jordan Rogers. Listen to that. He, he's a baller. You know, the, the best thing to come out of Vandy the last couple of years right here, Believe in Vanderbilt football. So um, with that being said, uh, Matt, Again, I really appreciate you jump, uh, t- jumping on the show and, and, and coming on to talk about the schedule reveal stuff. Uh, we'll have to get back together soon. Um, I'd like to jump on with you and Zach to talk Georgia. You'll be on very soon before we uh, – you'll, you'll be on when we start doing our season previews for, for those dogs. So don't you worry about Good that. Deal. We got yeah. – and, and We can do a home and home. Well, and we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to tr- try to bring a surprise guest for you. Ooh, okay. All right. Nice. Um, well, I appreciate that, Matt. Um, you know, for all the Vandy listeners that are that are tuning in, anchor down. But as always, go dogs. Anchor down. <laughs> nice. And go dogs. This has been another edition of Hunker Down Monday on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. If you want to find the show, you can find us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook at Believe in Dogs. Also, uh, anywhere where you find your podcast, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you catch up on all the latest episodes. And also, uh, I want to thank Matt Perkins for joining me. Make sure you catch his show. He hosts with Zach Stacy on the Believe in Vanderbilt football podcast. With that, I want to thank you for listening. And as always, go dogs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase. It's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save big-